Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering in the dark with us for the first time, welcome. What we're thinking about this week is all of the things that we surround ourselves with. And by that, I literally mean things. TVs, lamps, desks, the things that populate our home along with us. See, we surround ourselves with the material, the man-made objects, and all the technology. Sometimes they even become a part of us, like decoration or life aids. Other times they take a part of ourselves, These hidden things hold their own energies, and we never know if that energy could bring joy or terror until they are unleashed. First, beware the used games you buy. A killer deal might come at a price. Next, body art can bring out demons beneath the skin. After that, a poem follows what needs to feed. And finally, An anonymous creepypasta delves into twisted mechanics of a popular game. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com slash snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Critter Valley Black. The writer of the following story wanted you to know that it was adapted from a Reddit post by a user named Black Cartridge Believer 98 that after being interviewed over email, the post was then deleted, and so was any sign of the user. I ripped open the thick brown envelope and out slipped a used black game cartridge with a sticky note attached. Don't play. Killed system. Sorry. My friends wouldn't stop telling me about their new Critter Valley pre-orders arriving soon. The only console I had was decades old, so I usually would just wait to watch them play. Until now. After running my finger along the jagged, burnt surface of the cartridge, my eyes fixed on the bootleg label with its garishly printed Japanese characters and a strange red symbol. It felt like there was purpose in that. Strength 
Wait until my friends find out I'm playing an English hack of the original Critter Valley, never released outside of Japan, weeks before their pre-orders would arrive. And best part, it would run on my retro system. I looked again at the warning on the note. So what if I brick my old console? It's about ready for the trash anyway. I paid two weeks worth of allowance for the game, and now I was going to play. Flinging off the covers, I went to my desk and pulled out my system. I took a seat, popped in the cartridge, and turned it on. When the game started, there was no boot-up screen. Weird, I thought, when I found no home menu, not even an option to choose a saved game to start from. In the back of my mind, I felt that there was something off. There was like a ringing in my ear. Somewhere a thin, whistling wind started up. Was it coming from the game's CPU? Had I wasted my money? The game booted me directly into the center of a digital village at night. In the middle of a main square stood the villager under my control. Whosoever owned this game, their avatar looked pretty normal and wore sunglasses. On this main drag, I couldn't help but notice the shops that were supposed to be there were gone. As far as I knew, you couldn't really modify things like that, but this player had. Not even the villagers were out. Strange way to play, I thought, searching for the logic. As I peered closer, my screen flickered and I saw a partially blurred image of a shadowy character with red eyes. It engaged a dialogue scene, but instead of addressing my villager, it turned instead towards me. Have you returned, Isaac? Read the broken speech bubble through a garble of static noise. I shook my console remote and the weird malfunction went away. Who's Isaac? I wondered as I felt the system getting warm to the touch. Wandering south to the main square, I found the other villagers' houses lined up. Each one was identical in shape and uniformly black. Whoever's game this was sure had strange taste. Maybe it was this Isaac? They really liked a bizarre aesthetic. In the windows of each house were Halloween lights, orange and bright. And they went through the effort of custom designing the front of each door to display a signpost with the red circular symbol from the label. Most people design movie posters of pictures of their dogs, but this had that symbol. Strength, the words echoed in my mind. To my surprise, it popped up on the screen and I could hear the words repeated from a chorus of critters I couldn't see. Was I imagining things? Shuddering, I walked beyond the grim houses to look for a break in the cliffs at either side. A static digital moon shone over my character as they walked. Eventually, I arrived at a dead-end clearing. Tired and drowsy, I rubbed my eyes and looked at my phone. It was 3 a.m. What happened to the time? Then, through my TV speakers came a digitalized whistle of wind. The screen went black and flickered back on. That's when I saw my villager standing at the top of a hill, looking down at a large symbol glowing red and pulsating before the edge of a cliff. Suddenly, my villager equipped their shovel and began moving around without my input. I looked on in horror as my character's sunglasses disappeared without warning, revealing dark holes where the character's eyes should have been. Of its own accord, my villager started walking towards the outer edge of the symbol. That's when I noticed that equilaterally placed along the outer ridge of the symbol were ten plots of dirt, and a terrible certainty grew within me that something, somehow, was buried in each one. 
From every tiny plot, speech bubbles sprang up like notifications, each one reading, Isaac, Isaac. The air in the room grew dense with a pressure that popped one of my ears. Isaac, Isaac. A loud digital whistling of wind sounded off everywhere around me. Isaac, Isaac. In those last seconds, I realized the villager was going to take the shovel and dig up one of those plots. Isaac, dig up the plot and break the circle. Isaac, break the enclosure. Isaac. I was terrified and smelled something acrid. The game console had begun to overheat. This was a trap for something, and this digital avatar free of my control was going to let it out. The character began to frantically dig, unearthing an animal skull. With a whir, the TV screen flickered images of the character I saw earlier, and the word strength flashed before my eyes as critters began the chant again. The creature drew near, strength, the chanting growing louder, strength. I was glued to the screen. I couldn't look away. It was coming for me. The controller sparked, sending shocks through my hands, up my arms. There was a sudden pop, and the house went dark. A fuse had tripped somewhere, freeing me from my shocked immobility. In the blackout, I twitched. The imagery still seared on my retinas. The lights flicked back on again. Quickly, I lurched over and unplugged the TV, my muscles still spasming. I tossed the controller away from me, vowing to never play again, hoping that the power had gone off before anything had escaped into my world. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Who are you if the magic's in the makeup? Find out what happens when the enchantment seeps skin deep in this story inspired by Erica. Elena loved to do makeup. Scary face paint, school spirit art, and glamorous looks. You could say it was her calling. She was able to shapeshift anyone at the delicate stroke of a paintbrush. She was so good at guiding your face into metamorphosis. At school proms, her friends would glow with ethereal beauty all done by her magical hand. Elena's favorite time of the year was definitely Halloween. She loved to give incredible makeovers to bring out the wild side of her family and friends, releasing the inner demons, she would joke. So on Halloween night, she got out her makeup and got to work. Her art of transformation not only applied to others, but to herself. This year, her makeup was going to be the most gruesome and horrifying ever. Even better, she had just gotten a new palette from Madame Tomb's Makeup Emporium. 
The goth beauty brand had a pop-up boutique at a midsummer horror convention that sold their bewitching wares. With guilt, she looked at the scruff on the case. She'd stolen it from the display and recalled the sign at the booth, Thieves will be cursed. For a moment, she considered the implications, but all her doubts slipped away when she looked inside at the vibrant colors. They were like nothing she'd ever seen or used before. Surely no one would miss a floor model palette. With it, Elena was able to turn herself into a she-devil. Her human skin was accented with liquid latex to peel off and reveal the red demonic identity beneath. She was proud of the horns protruding from the skin above her brow and eyes that she made yellow with contacts. When she looked in the mirror, she only saw the demon beginning to come out. Shaking her head, she resumed her work on her friends. Rosalia she made into a werewolf mid-transformation with half a beastly guise. Lynn she made into a zombie, and Tasha was a sea siren. When they were ready, Elena and her friends rushed around to all the different houses in their area, collecting loads of sweets and chocolates. Their pillowcases bulged as they came to the last house on the road. Hey, y'all. We shouldn't go to this house. It looks abandoned and creepy. Rosalia said, looking up at the moon hidden beneath the clouds. It was getting unusually dark around the stone cottage abode. Elena laughed. Nah, come on girls, we gotta try it out. Her friends agreed reluctantly. They all walked towards the house, Elena striding in front. When they knocked on the door, nothing happened. Come on, no one's in, let's just go, Tasha whispered. But Elena was determined Smiling wickedly, she knocked one more time as if something beneath her skin was guiding her hand. This time, an older woman opened the door. Her eyes were bloodshot, and when she saw them, Ah, my children, you've made it, the woman said, and Elena was surprised to find the woman who answered the door was the woman she had stolen the makeup from. A bit creeped out, Elena bravely smiled and said, Trick or treat, you are all quite a treat. I'm glad the makeup found its way to you, the woman said as she opened her door wider. I'd love to look like that forever, she said. Elena was taken aback. Not only did the woman know about her, but she was okay with it. From a basket, the woman pulled out five large pink lollipops and two black ones. Elena had the first black one and her friends had the pink ones. The woman asked them if they'd like to come into her house for her Halloween party. She wanted to have proper monsters to scare her guests. You girls look just like the ghouls for the job. When they entered her foyer, it was filled with fog and lined with cages like the zoo. It felt like they entered a sideshow. The woman explained they should get behind the bars to scare the guests as they entered. Elena began to feel itchy and lightly scratched her face. The latex on her fingers stung, and under the black light, she couldn't tell if it was the makeup or her real skin. As she got behind the bars, she heard the woman lock them in place behind her. Now they were all on display. Across from her, she saw Tasha fall and began to flop around as if her legs were real fins. Rosalia began to howl in pain, and her face sprouted fur, and her mouth extended, and she clawed between the bars, and Lynn was gone.
The life behind her eyes extinguished, and she groaned hungry for brains. Elena's head felt like it was splitting as her horns grew. She thrashed around, rattling on the bars. She tried to rub the makeup off, but it was latched onto her skin. They'd become their costumes. The woman came back, and with her followed a crowd of older-looking socialites who looked on gleefully. They complimented her on her work, on her monsters. Beaming, the woman regarded her sideshow sirens and creatures. Thank you. The magic, my dears, is in the makeup. Thank you so much, Erica, for inspiring this story for us. I can't help but think of um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode where they literally all turned into their costumes. Willow became a ghost. Xander became a super soldier. And how that one episode would come back in different ways in later seasons. And actually, I'll be honest, that affected me. To this day, I do not wear a Halloween costume that I wouldn't want to be for the rest of my life. But how about you? Would you like to find makeup that could make you into a monster? If so, what monster would you like to be? Be sure to let us know in the comments or email us at somethingscary@snarled.com. A meeting of macabre needs leads us into danger, a danger that needs to feed. In this poem by Bree. Click, click, click. I can hear it. A creak. Creak, creak, creak. A shuffle. The clock in the dark. A tap. Tick, tick, tick. A scuffle. The thing outside. Don't peek. Don't peek. The curtain pushes outward slightly. It knows I'm here. Something's behind it. Don't fear, don't fear. It steps in lightly, something makes a slit. On the window, tap, tap, tap. Through the slit, I see an eye moving down, a yellow eye. Rap, rap, rap. As bright as fire, it wants to come in, looking at me. I can feel it. It won't give in. It knows. It can taste my fear. It sees. It's hungry. I hid under my blankets. It feeds. What else to do? But it knows. I can see you now. I can see you. A hiss. A sound in the dark. The window is locked. A rustle. But the thing has knocked. It's inside. It wants it needs. It's hungry. I want to ask. I need to know. So it feeds. It knows. Come close. I want to look. I want to see. Leaning forward, it wants to look. What are you? It wants to feed. Silence. I thought you knew. Should I? Could I? I don't know. Would I? A promise. But it knows. Insulted. Insulted.
It knows I want to see it. A quiet hiss. It wants to oblige. I know you. It wants to help me see it. Who am I? Most unexpected. Pray, nothing more, nothing less. Unexpected meeting. Insulted. An unfriendly greeting. Yet it's just a hiss. You say I am prey. You know me well. Nothing more, nothing less. Again a taunt. Same to you. Insulted. Once again, sly, but shy, that's okay. Without me, you would be nothing, it hisses. Empty threats. Recognition is rare. A slither, a click, a creak, a tick. Same to you, I whisper. Uncomfortably, it slithers. From behind the curtain, a shape. Very tall, very thin, Bone white, but yellow eyes, the eyes that burn like fire. You are... It trails off. So how long? How long, death? Since when is death afraid? A taunt. Afraid. A hiss. All this time, and you still get it wrong. Thank you so much, Brie, for sending in your contemporary horror poetry. And everyone out there, please keep sending in yours. And also send us some of your classic favorite horror poetry as well. And now Fallout 3, Numbers Station a creepypasta of a game glitching into a terrifying phenomenon by Anonymous. Fallout 3 contains several in-game radio stations. The most diverse and important station is Galaxy News Radio. Many players of the evil persuasion know that you can kill Three Dog and he will be replaced by the technician Marguerite. She is not a charismatic person and has very little to say, seeming to not enjoy her new announcing duties. She also never appears in person, and therefore cannot be killed. Once Three Dog is dead, you're stuck with Marguerite. What most players do not know is that under certain circumstances, GNR will become a numbers station. A numbers station is a station world. Back to Fallout 3. No one is really sure which actions are needed to hear the numbers station in Fallout 3. It appears that you must kill Three Dog because no one has reported hearing the number station with him still alive. It also appears that you have to skip over the quest Galaxy News Radio, where you help boost the signal so that the station can be broadcast farther than just the immediate DC area. This is easy enough to do with either a speech check or simply using the Fallout Wiki to look up where to go next and advance the main plot. Finally, you definitely have to destroy Raven Rock. This is the actual trigger to turn GNR into a number station, and it will remain such for the rest of the game. However, the vast majority of the players who perform these three actions still continue hearing the standard GNR broadcast, so there must be several more requirements the community has yet to isolate. If you're lucky enough to have hit upon the right set of circumstances, just after destroying Raven Rock, you will get the message, Radio Signal Lost. And a few seconds later, radio signal found. 
You cannot, however, actually listen to GNR just yet because you didn't boost the signal or are out of range of the broadcast at the exit of Raven Rock. Luckily, Raven Rock is situated in the mountains and is right near one of the few places outside DC that you can get high enough to catch the signal. When you tune in, you will hear an old familiar voice. Three Dog, despite the fact that you killed him earlier. However, you will quickly notice that he does not seem to be in character. So I guess it's not technically Three Dog, but just the voice actor, Eric Dellums. He reads a series of numbers in a monotone, depressed-sounding voice. He always recites a list of single digits between 9 and 12 characters long. For example, 9, 3, 7, 9, 1, 7, 2, 0, 3, 4. He never, never uses a multi-digit number like 11 or 40. These numbers are followed by widely varying lengths of Morse code. This is then followed by the song, I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire. All other music tracks seem to be inactive on the number station. The Morse code was the easiest part of the mystery to crack, as the code is widely available and many people actually know it by heart. We quickly had a list of a great number of messages in English. Some sounded completely mundane and even comical, such as, Wash the car today. Or, Maybe have you Chinese watched my YouTube dinner. video yet? Have you watched my YouTube video yet? I uploaded myself kicking bums in the nuts. You may be saying, but wait, YouTube doesn't exist in the Fallout universe, and you are right. As far as we could tell, all of the messages sounded like they were based in our reality somewhere near present day. Some of the messages, however, are quite sinister, such as, The Queen has died today. The world mourns, as on days like these, we are all Brits. Or, I can't believe they've actually done it. Not long left. The noise. I can't take the noise anymore. I have a pistol in the attic. Just recently, a player on the wiki forums noticed a message that brought to light the meaning of the messages. He was reading a thread that collected all known messages, transposed from Morse to English, and saw the line 1205528201. What are you talking about? You'll be missed. He realized this referred to the recent death of Gary Coleman, and then quickly realized the numbers were the time and date of death. He immediately scanned through the messages to try and find more examples of this apparent future-telling by a game that's more than a year old. The next message he read shocked him and pushed him to enlist the aid of the others to decipher the codes. The message was 945420 2010. Accident in the Gulf. Several dead. Oil spill apparently averted. He realized this was the BP explosion and the erroneous day one assessment that the well was not leaking. From this point on, all numbers will be transcribed as times and dates. All times were given in game and military format and remain so in this document. Numerous members of the Fallout Wiki message board began looking over the messages to see what else we could learn. We quickly found that most of the dates were after the game had been released, yet oddly, some were from the past. 2215, April 15, 1865. He's dead, and blame will probably be placed on that actor, Booth. Johnson better not cheat me out of the payment. This shed new doubt on the official version of the Lincoln assassination. 
As the community quickly started pulling up interpretations of the messages, the mods of the site summarily banned everyone who had posted in or even read the thread. All reference to the Nimbr station was removed from Fallout Wiki, and filtering software was put in place to prevent reposting of any relevant information. A few people, however, are trading emails and slowly finishing the translation of the remaining messages and putting dates to the existing ones. The Queen has died today. The world mourns, as on days like these, we are all Brits. 402, March 19th, 2014. Have you watched my YouTube video yet? I uploaded myself kicking bums in the nuts. 2416, December 24th, 2012. Actually won I can't an Oscar. 2133, February 27th, 2023. I can't believe they've actually done it. Not long left. They were warned, but they just had to keep pushing the boundaries of science. The noise. I can't take the noise anymore. And the light, dear God. The universe is slowly unraveling around us. I'm not I'm not gonna wait for death. I have a pistol in the attic. This is actually the only message not preceded by a string of numbers. It may be worth noting that the latest date on any of the messages is one twenty seven. July 6, 2027. This week's podcast stories were edited by Marquia McCarty and Sabina Graves. Narration by Marquia McCarty. Audio edited by Fitz Harris and Calvin Linderman. Graphics by Johnny Ashley. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com slash snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil and Body Butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. 
Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the Best Sellers Body Care Set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER.